Good afternoon, patriots. You are tuned in to Living with Liberty, your source for common sense and truth. I am your host, Ryan. Today, I'll talk about how Biden's chief of staff, Ron Klain, is attempting to imply Biden's policies are actually working to stave off the coronavirus. I have yet another Fauci mask proclamation. We have CNN's frat boys yucking it up again. And I'll finish up with a big announcement. All next on Living with Liberty. Okay, before we start, fair warning. I've got some sort of a weird head cold allergy thing going on. So if things happen during today's show that are even weirder than normal, that's what's going on here. You probably can hear it. I'm I'm still a little congested and stuffy from all this, but some important things going on. And like I said, a big announcement that I wanted to get out today. So I'm going to push through this and give you guys a great show. So let's get into it. It's coming. Slowly but surely, the we have made so much progress with Biden's actions against the coronavirus propaganda is starting. I have a minute clip here from Grabian of Biden's chief of propaganda, Ron Klain, telling Anderson Cooper about how Biden is following the CDC's new guidelines and not wearing a mask outside, and how much this administration has done to get the coronavirus numbers down in its first 100 days. Take a listen. To go maskless outside, if you can also distance yourself. Uh, since then, we've seen President Biden on several occasions wearing his mask outside. Some people have criticized him for not adopting to the new guidance. Um, there's certainly other people I know who are going to continue to wear masks uh, because they feel more comfortable that way and they feel it sends the right message. What do you say to those who say the president isn't practicing what the CDC is, is preaching? Well, I say that he is. I mean, I think most of the time you see him outside, he's not wearing a mask. People catch him sometimes pictures getting in or out of a car. He hasn't yet had a chance to take his mask off or he's going into a building. So he you know, puts it on for convenience. The president uh, wears, doesn't wear his mask when he's outside generally. Uh, I'm here tonight unmasked outside. Uh, so uh, I think we're all adjusting to this new CDC guidance. Uh, it's great guidance, right? I mean, everyone should feel better that we have made so much progress in 100 days that deaths are down 80 uh, percent, cases are down dramatically in 40 of the 50 states. Uh, we're making a lot of progress. Being able to be unmasked outside is the result of that progress and something we should all enjoy. So most of the time we see Biden outside, it's without a mask. Or most of the time that he is outside, it's without a mask? Really? People catch him getting into and out of a car with it on? Seriously? Then why is he rolling up to the outdoor podiums full-fledged masked? He's going into a building, so he puts it on for convenience? When did he put it on for convenience? When he left the White House? When do we see that happen when he puts it on? It sure seems like he's rolling around town with it on. Inside, outside, whatever. Okay, Ron, so why isn't there any video of Biden without his mask on outside? Why isn't there any video of him putting it on as he's exiting a car or or just before he goes into a building like normal people? 
the only picture we have of of uh, Joe Biden without his mask on is when old Joe and fake Dr. Jill had their picture taken with Jimmy and Rosalind Carter. Otherwise, the dude literally has it on all the time, as far as what we can tell. Even during Zoom calls with world leaders, where he's probably the only one in the room with his computer camera or whatever. And then there's the whole second piece of this propaganda segment by Comrade Klain on all the progress being made by this circus of, administra- of an administration, which, I mean, which progress would that be here, Ron? Deaths down 80%? Since when? When's the time period? Klain never gives us a timeline on when that 80% is being measured against. Now, average daily deaths per day from, uh, from coronavirus peaked on January 13th, and this is according to the CDC's website. And then we were in decline as we uh, headed into Inauguration Day there. So, it, and it's been a steady decline ever since. Uh, ever since January 13th, that is. On January 13th, the average death, deaths per day were 3,400. Roughly a little more than that, but let's use round numbers here. On Inauguration Day, they had dropped to 3,095, just below 3,100. And ever since then, they've been dropping even more since Inauguration Day. This administration had nothing to do with the death uh, from coronavirus dropping. Their policies had nothing to do with it. They were already dropping when they took office. Klein said cases were significantly dropping in 40 of the 50 states. Again, no context here, but there again, facts, figures, data doesn't seem to be a strong point of anybody, uh, anybody that's uh, affiliated with this just awful administration. There's no actual data or timelines here, just propaganda in order to make it seem like the policies of this clown show uh, are actually doing something. Now, let's go back to the CDC site for the truth here. As much as you can trust the CDC's own numbers anyway, I have my doubts about some of the numbers up there, but it's what we have, and they are seemingly contradictory to the stories that the propagandists tell anyway, so uh, there's probably a more uh, more truth to CDC's numbers than what anybody uh, in the, in the uh, actual... Uh, elected official realm is telling us. Now, cases uh, of coro- of uh, COVID, cases per day uh, nationally, peaked on January 8th at 250,000. So we had 250,000 cases per day on average on January 8th. From there, it's been all downhill. So we have here 12 days before China Joe took office, the trend started heading down. 12 days before the, this Biden administration, Harris administration, whatever you want to call it, 12 days before they took office, we were already on the downswing of cases of COVID. Now, we get to Inauguration Day, January 20th. Cases were... Uh, at 194,000 per day on average. 
that's a drop nationally of 22% over just that 12-day period. Again, here we see nothing these corruptocrats did made any difference. They were already going down. They were already going down before one executive order was put in place to, to mandate masks on all federal property. It was going down before any policies that this administration put in place to defeat, put in quotes, defeat the coronavirus, because I don't know how the hell you defeat a virus, but their words, not mine. And also here, Clean did mention 40 of the 50 states uh, were seeing declines, precipitous declines as well. Now, notice he didn't name any of the states that we have seen this decline in. Why is that? Because the states that have had the most problems in getting their numbers down have been the ones with the Democrat tyrants for governors. Michigan, Hawaii, Illinois, Minnesota, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Washington State. That's why you don't hear any state's name because it's the ones that have valued freedom and liberty and have let people make their own decisions on we're, we're going to mask or not mask. We're going to social distance or not social distance. We're going to leave our businesses open. We're going to let people make their own choice because they're smart. They have as much data as we do, and they can make their own decisions on what risk tolerance they have. That's why Klain didn't name any states here, because it's been most, for the most part, all of the red states that have had the most success in driving the numbers down. Everybody had a peak. The masks don't work. We know that. that. That had nothing to do with it. It didn't stop anything. We still saw a peak, and it was a bigger peak than what we had in the spring. And that's only because I believe we shut everything down and didn't allow people to mingle and naturally build up immunity. That's why we saw a second bigger peak. Thankfully, there were less deaths because we understood who had attacked and we, we were able to, to protect them more. But nothing this administration's done has, has solved anything with it. It's, they're trying to take credit for something that nature will take care of. Like I said before, these other states have been that, that have been declining. They never had a huge second run-up to begin with, a third run-up to begin with, whatever you want to call it. States like Florida and uh, Texas and South Dakota, even here in Wisconsin, we never had a, a big run-up. It's uh, the the trends with within these states actually have been mostly flat. So there's not even a big run-up from the, from the, the clients that come down to unless he's going back to uh, that uh, time in the, the fall and early winter where we did see these big run-ups in, in cases. It, like I said, other states uh, have had you know second or third, fourth peaks, whatever you want to call them. You can sort through it on a CDC website. But uh, just the the irresponsibility of of throwing these numbers out here just to propagandize is ridiculous. And then there's the whole being able to go outside without a mask on and, and that it's a sign of progress. Now, I, you know what? I'm sorry if you fell for the lie 
that you needed to wear a mask outside. I really am. I, I never wore a mask outside. Uh, I have common sense. Why? Why do uh, any? Why does anybody need to wear a mask outside? I, I mean, and th- this is this is the party of science. Oh, yeah. science! Wear your mask outside. It's gonna. Per- the breeze blows everything around there, Ron. That's kind of a sciencey thing, you know, meteorology and you know, wind blowing and and nothing's going to hang around if I sneeze outside. It's going to it's thrown to the wind. It's not going to infect anybody cuz it's not going to have enough time for for it to sit there and and people to 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 get a viral load that's going to make them sick, but uh, you know what, wear your mask outside too wear, wear, while running and then you know, you can collapse at the finish line like that poor girl did that uh uh, that race, I believe it was in Oregon. Uh, you know, th- this boils down to, uh, you know, a couple things, one thing, two things here. It, you know, one, it, it has the appearance here that Dems don't understand actual science uh, or don't want to or just willfully ignoring it. Uh, probably more the latter there. Their idea of science at this point is purely, you know, utilizing as a political tool. We're just going to throw science out there and and try and use, um, you know, the Alinsky rule here of of uh, kind of shaming you that, oh, you don't believe in science, even though what I'm telling you is completely idiotic. Wear a mask outside. Wear it while running. Put two on. Come on. You know, the, this administration and the Democrat Party has used this, used this whole mass thing to see how far they could push logic and reason out of people's thought processes. Let's see what we can get the people to do. Let, let's drum up a fear that, you know, as we learned about it, un, unwarranted fear mongering. And let's see how much we can get people to not think for themselves. And sadly, it was effective for a good portion of the population. I, how many people of you do you see wearing their mask outside? I would say, though, and I'm just generalizing and spitballing here. For the most part, it's probably within their own base that we're seeing this. I. I have yet to see a conservative out there with uh, wearing a mask. I, I get it. The the kids that want to compete in their sports, I totally understand that. But everybody else walking Fido down the block with your mask on, I, I'm again, I'm sorry you fell for the lie that you needed to wear a mask outside to protect yourself. And, you know, you're walking your dog at, at night and there's nobody else and uh, whatever. <laughs> Um, the horse, I think, is past beaten on that one, but uh, you know, as I can't stand his propaganda here. Now it's you know, I look at it, and quite honestly, here, this passive aggressive approach is in you know propagandizing and propping up this administration and uh, trying to find an accomplishment that they've had in their first 100 days. It's getting quite tiresome. It's tiring watching these propagandists get on the idiot box or be interviewed for a print article 
and they tell us what we can and cannot do. Bureaucrats don't tell me what I can and cannot do. Presidential propaganda ministers don't tell me what I can and cannot do. The only hall pass I need is the Constitution of the United States. My rights to live in freedom and liberty are granted by God and are merely protected by the Constitution. No man can tell me what I can and cannot do. The other thing here is we must be persistent, not only against protecting our constitutional, uh, constitutionally guaranteed rights and our God-granted rights, but we must be persistent against the propaganda machine. We need to put the truth out there. We need to have the data and talking points at the ready for when we encounter not necessarily a leftist, but you encounter one of these, let's call them a Biden voter. I don't know if they truly are, but you know, encounter somebody that's on the left that still is wearing the mask or you know, eating, drinking the propaganda Kool-Aid from this administration. You're probably not going to change their mind, but having those talking points and data at the ready, and you talk to them, there's Chances are, because it's roughly a third of the population, uh, the population is split into a thirds on their view. You've got a third uh, that kind of lean left, a third that are on the right, entrenched uh, on both sides there, and you've got a third that's sitting in the middle. And that's that third that we're sitting in the middle when we're ag- uh, talking to a leftist, a lefty here, and throwing out the data and, and the talking points. Uh, you know, it's not them we're going to sway. It's going to be that independent person that might be also in the conversation or or kind of eavesdropping on it. That's who we're how we. Uh, that's who we're, uh, you know, having the argument for. Nothing the Biden and Bailey Circus has done is a contributing factor to the declines in infection rates and death rates or or even the vaccine distribution. The rates were going down before. One policy had been implemented by this administration. The distribution of vaccines had to be modeled and planned for months in advance before the rollout, before you stuck the first needle in somebody's arm. And those plans were already in motion and already uh, taking off when the administration, when the Biden-Harris-Harris-Biden-Harris administration, China, whatever, when this administration took office, the plans had already been put in place and the plans were already being executed. We have to be willing to fight for the truth and make sure that the actual history of this time period we're living in is not thrown to the wind to make a sad sack presidential administration look like they've had any sort of success. Okay, on to our next segment. Will someone please, please shut Anthony Fauci up? Someone take away his microphone, please. The guy who said at the very beginning of the pandemic, masks wouldn't do much of anything to stop the spread, is now pontificating that masks will become a fixture during seasonal periods to prevent the flu. Now, Fauci was on Chuck Todd's show recently on MSDNC. 
and started in with the mass propaganda again. Of course, true to form, there were no specifics cited, but Fauci said, and I quote, If you look at the data, wearing masks diminishes respiratory diseases. But how about that CDC data there, Tony, that shows even though there has been widespread masking since basically last summer, uh, if not before, but I, you know, I think a, a good chunk of states really got on that train last summer. Even though we've had widespread masking for a while, quite a while, COVID numbers still ran up in the fall. We still saw a, a huge increase in cases. Is that the data we should be looking at there, Tony? That You said that the data says, well, the data says right there uh, that it really makes it pretty clear that it, masks don't work. This leads me to believe that, um, you know, masks won't prevent the flu either. We had widespread masking that didn't prevent a, uh, the COVID cases from, from uh, increasing. What's to think that uh, they're going to prevent flu from spreading either? No, of course, this fraud tried to point to the uh, reduced uh, incidences of flu cases this season because because of masks, he says, as he used this as his justification, saying that the flu season was non-existent because of the measures taken to prevent COVID. Uh, you mean, you know, those measures of basically locking everyone up in their house and shutting down and wrecking all the businesses and wrecking the economy? Is are is are those measures you're talking about here, Fauci? Because we already kind of debunked the the fact that masks don't work. Uh, you know, there's there's a correlation here to why we've had a reduced flu season. I think there's a couple things you could correlate here. One being less person-to-person interaction. We've certainly had that over the course of the last year. Less person-to-person contact means there's a less less, uh, swapping of germs amongst people. It's not going to matter if people are wearing masks or not. It's how much of the, you know, contact are you, are you reducing, you know, how much of that uh, interpersonal contact are you kind of killing off there? Hey, you look at it. People have worn masks in Asia regularly during flu seasons. And guess what? They still get sick. The flu was down because people weren't interacting with each other as much. And the other thing I think about here is really how many misdiagnoses have happened due to COVID? How how many people maybe had the flu but didn't seek treatment right away? Didn't go to the doctor right away for various reasons because of COVID. They didn't want to go out, et cetera. They didn't have it as that bad. Maybe, I'd, you know, several reasons. But how many didn't go to see the doctor until well after, you know, their symptoms had passed? Maybe they weren't feeling quite 100% right and they thought it was taking longer than it should. So that, at that point, they went to the doctor. The last two flu seasons, uh, 2018 and 2000, uh, 2018 to 2019, 2019 to 2020. So the past two, we had an average of 1.5 million flu tests done. 
Now, this year, uh, 2020-2021, we are at about 1.4 million flu tests, and we still have about four months of data to be collected. The CDC runs uh, the flu test numbers. Uh, they, it starts the first week of October through the last week of September the following year. So uh, kind of the 2020-2021 season started that first week, week of October last year will run through September this year. So there'll still, there'll still be a, a number of tests that get done. But, you know, at 1.4, we're definitely trending uh, to have a few more uh, flu tests done during this season than, uh, than the past previous two. Um, but listen to this now. So, you know, we'll keep that in mind. Let's say 1.5 million flu tests. So for COVID over the entire pandemic, we have run 421.5 million tests for COVID. Let's say that again. 421.5 million COVID tests have been run during the uh, entire pandemic, which is now a month uh, or a year and uh, two months, three months, let's call it, uh, of data here. And what do we know about this? We know that COVID tests took precedence in terms of lab capacity. So how many other, uh, or how many tests for other ailments sat? And for how long? That's a question that we need to answer when we're putting in the context of a reduced flu season. They may have tested it. It may have been 10 days later. By that, is it too late, 10 days later, to, to see if, if there's um, uh, flu? If that person had the flu, I mean, and like I said before, how many how many of these we know there was mischaracterizations of illnesses uh, that were just marked down as COVID. So, to, to again, it's irresponsible to say that the reduced flu season has anything to do with the the measures put in place to mitigate COVID. Uh, just ridiculous. Now, getting back to here to the the tests and and how many tests for other things sat because COVID tests had the precedent and how long they sat. That that's data I haven't been able to turn up a, uh, anything on as of yet. But I I do know, like I said before, you know, for Fauci to say that the flu numbers being down due to mask wearing, based on his data, whatever data he's looking at, I, the data says the exact opposite, but we already covered that. But him saying that is irresponsible, and it's really it's pr more propaganda. It's propagandistic. It's way past time for Dr. Fauci to leave the limelight, take his, take his platform away. It's, we we got to be done with this guy. Now I have another clip here I'm going to play for you. It's one of everybody's favorite CNN frat boys, Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo. Now, it's a 40-second Grabian clip here of CNN's brain trust ponder pondering how to get people to take the COVID jab. Take a listen. How do you make them realize that doing it is worth it beyond information and personal satisfaction of prophylaxis? Do you pay them? I'm fine with it. I I'm fine with incentives. I believe that for grades, by the way. 
Yeah. I say it to the kids all the time. I wish that would happen to me. I'd have, I'd have a better GPA. Right? What's wrong? I'm not I'd, paying my I'd kids to get grades. I'd have a better grades. job. Hey, I'll pay them because I have to pay when they don't get the grades. i got to pay for the tutors and all the other stuff. Oh, boy. So I'm fine with that. Donuts, beer, businesses. I think you and I, we call for a table. It's going to be mobbed where we live. Wait, we're both vaccinated. I think we should get a preference. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Well, I can't. Listen, there are many things we disagree on. This one we don't disagree Not who on. should pay when we go out. Oh, yeah. Personal satisfaction, Chris? Really? Taking an unnecessary vaccine brings me no satisfaction. Vaccination is not a, po- a personal motivator for me. <laughs> I, I really, I can hold out as long as I need to. I go back to needs versus wants, right? I, I need food, water, clothing, and shelter. I don't need to travel. I don't need to go to restaurants. I don't need to fly on an airline. So, you know, the satisfaction of getting a vaccine, this it, it's not that motivating. I don't need to do any of that other stuff that many have uh, thrown about is, is um, uh, restricting people who aren't vaccinated on their ability to fly or do these other things. I, I could do whatever. I don't care. Businesses do that. They're they're going to be the big losers, not me. Now, the information? Cuomo must be referring to the incomplete information in regards to the side effects of these things, these vaccines. It's called personal choice here, Mr. Chris. Now, the brain trust here at CNN doesn't think you should make a choice for yourself. They don't think you should think for yourself. They think you should just trust bureaucrats who I might want to point out, or uh, I think I should point out here, have been wrong at just about every turn about this virus. And the more and more that we see of this vaccine and the side effects, they seem to be, I'll call it a little bit wrong on what the vaccine actually does to people. Now, I mean, They're saying here, just have blind trust. Just trust us, they said. They're implying. Just have that blind trust in the government and and us media flunkies. Here's the thing. The information to make this decision, as far as I'm concerned, requires more data. And it requires more explanation. I'd like to know why vaccine-related deaths are... 10 times more this year than in the previous six or seven years. How about doing some real journalism and figuring out why that is, Chris? Maybe you could provide the useful information in that investigative journalism that would assuage people's concerns about taking the vaccine. Now, my math and root causing background here and statistical background says that we have introduced a new variable into the vaccine equation. And that new variable is highly likely the cause for the increased deaths. Correlation, not necessarily causation, but you, I think, can draw a reasonable correlation to this vaccine being introduced and it raising the death rates from people who have the vaccine, who or who take the vaccine. It's logical that one will draw, based on available data, and 
actual journalists doing their job, like those uh, at the Epic Times who have covered several COVID vaccine death stories. People are going to search for that and look for that while they're making their their decision of whether they want to take this this COVID vaccine or not. They're going to look. It's a, a bit of a risky proposition, and there's there you know it's, it's you know everybody has their different risk tolerance. Those that are we've got our blind trusters that apparently um, don't have their their tolerance or risk tolerance to walk around without a mask and to be in a crowd, but they're going to run run shout and because the government told them we've got a a vaccine here that's effective, they're going to rush out and get that without any regard for the risk tolerance. I, I don't know if these are serious people or not. I, I it, people that that, um, that do that, I it's it's hard to take them seriously. But, you know, we look at this and, you know, we are, uh, you know, we've got the uh, the Cuomo's and the Lemons of the world and, you know, Fauci's of the world saying, we are the big brain delete. You should just follow us blindly. Hey, let's talk to uh, some of Don Lemon's comments here. He wants to pay them. Uh, pay him? Uh, where's that money going to come from? I don't think paying people to get the vaccine will do any good. When it comes to people's bodies, there's no amount of money that can persuade them to become a lab rat against their will. There's only one time I personally would entertain being an experiment, and that is if I was terminal with some sort of disease and that the experimental treatment was my last hope. I look at it like this in that instance. If I'm terminal, I either die sooner and maybe suffer less because the the treatment screws me up even more, or I suffer longer because it doesn't work or I don't do it at all, and I still die anyway. Either way, I die. But if it works, I I get cured and I live. That I mean, when you're in that situation, that's the only time I would ever consider becoming becoming part of the experiment. Now, of course, you know, no segment on CNN would be complete without somehow throwing a shot in and an effort in at dividing people. Vaccinated people get a preference at crowded restaurants? Seriously? Now, that's a recipe for crashing your business fast. Who's going to go, what patron is going to go to a restaurant, wait for an hour, that's somewhere you really want to eat. I think we've all been there where we've waited for, you know, half hour, 45 minutes, even an hour, because we really wanted to eat there. We were going to that restaurant for a specific uh, specific dish or whatever. Uh, who's going to do that? Who's going to go to that restaurant, wait for an hour, only to be bumped by someone who has been vaccinated? That restaurant, you know, that that entertains that or does that, they're going to lose out for a long time, possibly forever, on future business because they made that they pissed that person off, and they said, "I'm never going back there again." And that not only will be that person, but they'll spread it to the other their friends and everybody else that, you know, that restaurant did that. And word of mouth advertising is powerful. Uh, These, uh, I don't think it's obviously lemon and and Cuomo here. Don't think about things in those terms. Now these clowns here at CNN just don't get it. 
they made their choice to live how they want, whether it'd been taking the vaccine or whatever they, you know, whatever they want. I, I they did or didn't, I don't care. Do do what you want to do. I'm going to live my life how I want. You know, the other things here is vaccination rates are slowing. So that's uh, another reason they're going to keep pumping this thing out and pushing it. The latest polls I've seen show that there's a 60% uh, or, or there's 60% of the population that have indicated they probably won't or definitely won't take the vaccine. All of this shoving vaccines down our throats seems to have backfired. It seems to have awakened that American skepticism of government and the media. Truthfully, it's good to see that people are evaluating and making the best choice for themselves based on the information out there, that they're bucking this you know, narrative and the, the government you know, threats of mandate or hints at mandates and saying... I, you know, basically saying I don't care that that American spirits uh, waking up again. It's good to see. And, you know, we need to carry that through. Now on to the big announcement. Now, Living with Liberty, I'm rebranding it a bit. You may have seen the new logo on your listening platform. So that's, you know, we're looking at uh, from a rebranding standpoint, getting, a, a, you know, the new logo out there. And with that kind of new new branding, I have opened up a merchandise shop. Living with Liberty Outfitters. Go to my website, livingwithlibertypodcast.com, and click on store. There, you will find everything to make you look your 4th of July best every day. We'll also have other designs, and uh, and those designs will be in colors other than red, white, and blue. Uh, I've got a couple of... Uh, other designs out there as well. And there'll be more forthcoming here and is, uh, you know, in coming weeks and months. Now there's two important things I want to let you know about with this uh, grand opening of my shop. The first thing is uh, I have on there a limited edition Memorial day collection. Now all proceeds from the sale of the Memorial day items will be donated to a Soldier's Child Foundation. It's an organization that puts on many camps, programs, and other events and uh, other, um, uh, you know, other events and, and uh, other ways to help out. Uh, it's for kids who have been or who have lost a parent in combat. Um, Again, I, I I wanted to put this uh, collection out there, and I wanted to do you know make it help someone, right? So I'm donating all proceeds from all Memorial Day, uh, all the the entire Memorial Day collection, everything ordered uh, from Memorial from the Memorial Day collection. I'm going to donate the pro uh, the proceeds of profits to a Soldier's Child Foundation. I will uh, put the link uh, to the site in the description box, and I will also post the link on my website as well. So if you want to check it out and you feel led to also donate to them, uh, feel free to do that. I want to make sure I have that information available for everybody. And the Memorial Day collection, like I said, it's a limited edition. I'm going to keep it up till June 14th or so. The second item here, important item, 
is with the grand opening, all items are 15% off for the next two weeks. Um, and I do have one ask with the 15%. So uh, a little um, kind of inside info here. On my site, I don't, I don't have any uh, discount codes. The, the discounts are right there in the banners. You click on redeem. And that's how you get the discount code on the, on the website or on the uh, within the store. What my ask is, because we're donating uh, the proceeds from the Memorial Day collection, I would ask that if you order Memorial Day collection items, order those separately and don't use the discount code. I, I want to make sure we get uh, collect as much uh, money as possible so we can donate it to to that uh, to a soldier's child. Um, so I would ask if uh, do your Memorial Day collection purchases separate, and then come back in, um, and then after you check out with your Memorial Day stuff, come back in, uh, click on the redeem for the fifteen percent off, and then buy you know what all the Living with Liberty gear you want. You know, get your gear, and you know I'd love to see it posted out there on your social media accounts. Tag me when it comes. I'd love, I'd just love to see all the gear out there and, and everybody looking their 4th of July best. Friends, that's my show for today. Thank you for listening. Please check out my website, livingwithlibertypodcast.com, for my original articles, resources, and now my new store, Living with Liberty Outfitters. I'd also be grateful if you subscribed to my show and left a positive review. It helps us move up the charts and helps more people find the truth. I appreciate you spending part of your day with me. Please help us spread the truth by sharing my show and website with friends and family. My website is livingwithlibertypodcast.com. Also, let's connect. You can do that by subscribing to my show as well as signing up for notifications. Follow me on social media. My main account is on Parlor. I am at Living with Liberty. I am also on MeWe. Just search for Living with Liberty. Liberty isn't a given. We must fight to protect it. Working together, we will do exactly that. Until next time. <laughs>